0: Welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. I'm Scott Farrow, other host, Cade Barrett. Today, we're interviewing investor Matt Garabedian on how he got into the business. We talk about a plethora of items from his first deal to different facets of investing that he's gotten into over his career. Finally, we talk about his most recent life-changing event, going out of state. Matt, thanks for coming back on. We appreciate it. How are you doing? Good, fellas, thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, definitely got a lot of things going on that's exciting in my life, but uh, really happy to be here and just kind of share with you and see if we can help some people who are listening.
2: Perfect, yeah. Well, Matt, if we can just jump right in, if you can go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of what your backstory is and um, stuff like that.
1: Sure, my name is Matt Garabedian, and uh, I'm a born and raised Fresno guy. So I went to Bullard High School, you know, I've been born and raised in Fresno in the Valley uh, You know forever, right? I'm 41 years old. So I've been here for a long time I went down to uh, Long Beach State for, for a bit to, uh, to go to college and play baseball down there But then came back to Fresno I, it was Around two, 2002, 2000, oh, two, about 2003 So I've been back since then And then, you know, as you know as we have it, I'm about to leave California for the first time in 41 years, so I'm excited for that.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. And so, we uh, we wanted to have you on from before we even had this podcast figured out. Like, we knew, like, right off the bat, you were, I think, within the top three guests that we wanted to have on, especially in the first season. Um, just talking about different aspects of investing. Um, you know, if you don't mind sharing with us a little bit, you're... you're a business owner, you're into fitness, you do a lot of educational podcasting, kind of what would you say that you do on a daily basis right now?
1: On a daily basis? That's a great question. Uh, it, as you know, we all, we're all trying to evolve, you know? So when I, when I first started, um, I didn't even know I wanted to be, be a, in real estate, you know? Mm-hmm. My grandfather was a, a broker. He was a real estate broker. Um, and so I remember him kind of talking to me about real estate and he would share with me some things that he had going on, but it wasn't something I was, you know, born with. Right. Like I just jumped into it. I'm like, I'm going to be a real estate guy. But my grandpa, he said something to me that was like, you know, he said a lot of things to me actually. But one thing that stuck was he said, you know, get your real estate license because it's a a license to make money. It's like, oh, it kind of makes sense. Right. And so, you know, when I I mentioned, I went to school down in Long Beach, play baseball. And up until that point, I never thought I was going to be like a professional baseball player or anything. But, you know, I was super into sports and, and, and baseball. Like, you know, when, you're, when you start getting decent, you know, your are junior or you uh, in middle school. You start playing on travel ball teams. And I was, I was a pretty good baseball player in the Valley. And so, uh, you know, at that time in your life, like going to college is college baseball is like everything. Right. So I, I put a lot of time, effort and energy into sports. And, you know, in hindsight, you know, if my kids, you know, I have two boys now, they're five and seven. So I would probably want to steer them more into like thinking about what what they want to become in business as opposed to like going hard on sports. Not because, you know, I I think it's a bad avenue, but, you know, the odds of like really making it big are so slim. I I wish now that I would have known what I know back then started like at 18, right? Because that would have been so much further ahead. And I think the cool thing is that my kids had that opportunity because I'm talking to them about, you know, deal. Like, daddy, you doing deals and hey, you know, when are we gonna sell this house or what are we, are we gonna buy a house, dad? And, and so like they're, they're hearing me speak about, you know, real estate and deals and, and trying to like show them like a financial roadmap or give them a, a little bit more of a financial IQ. But, you know, to answer your question, um, you know, I, I came back out of baseball kind of like not knowing what to do right uh, I was just young and didn't know what, what the path would be and then um, I had a buddy that I played uh, baseball with that was doing really well in uh, subprime mortgages. so I'm a little bit older than you guys so back back when <laughs> that was uh, a thing you know that we had that financial crisis right, right. In 2008 where like the whole world fell apart mm-hmm. financially and, and real estate was like the, the main reason you know everything kind of collapsed. Because people were getting loans, you know, you'd basically have to have a pulse back then and right. they would give you a 100% yeah. loan. So I got into the side of wholesaling subprime mortgages. And so what I would do is I would go and call on real estate brokers in the area or mortgage brokers in the area. And, and basically my company would fund like these really bad loans. And uh, so I started making a little bit of money in that and, and kind of liking that. So I had my first experience in real estate um, on the financial side, on the mortgage side. All that, you know, fell apart, I lost everything. And so at that time, you know, I I didn't know what I was gonna do, but I kind of liked staying in the the, the realm of real estate. So then I just went straight to get my broker's license. And um, got my broker's license in 2009 and started, actually I started at Keller Williams here in Fresno. It was like my first real estate experience. Um, So I didn't know what avenue I wanted to take, you know, so I I, I first started as like we all do, like, okay, like trying to get listings or trying to represent buyers. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, an experience. We'll have to go through it, but I just didn't, didn't click for me. Right. I didn't see myself, you know, wanting to be an agent and have a bunch of clients and get a bunch of listings because Mm -hmm. um, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. How long were you doing that? Uh, I'd say I'd, about a year
0: so about 2009 to 2010 you kind of you you went through the rat race of getting listings Mm -hmm. and helping buyers interesting
1: correct yeah i was kind of just you know trying to figure out where i was going to land you know yeah and at the same time i mentioned to you before we started recording um you know jared martin Mm -hmm. um was like one of the first guys to kind of like show me how to run a cap rate and show me how to analyze a uh, investment property and uh as luck would have it probably wasn't luck because I mean, every time I've gotten into, you know, a real estate, you know, I, I, I never shied away from like getting on the phone, like mm-hmm. we had to cold call, right? Yeah. Like that yeah. was, I could tell all my people that work for me now and anybody getting into real estate, if like you can't get on the phone, then you have really no shot of succeeding in this business. Right. So uh, that was something I never had a problem with. So I would be cold calling and just through activity, right? Like just, you know, getting shut out, getting shut out somehow or another, there was an REO company that was referred to me by another agent up north for Keller Williams. And um, she, she's like, hey, these, uh, this, this company has an REO and they want to know if a local agent can handle it. I had no business actually getting this referral. It was just like, I'm a, I'm a big faith guy. So I think God is always working, you know, and, and we look back at like some of the things that the opportunities that presented itself. So I think that was a, a big moment because this happened to be uh like a sixplex that was, really, yeah. Wow. turned out to be a sixplex referral. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I could sell it. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. And she's like, okay, well, you know, here's the information they'll, you know, they want you to go take a look, give a BPO, right? So if you guys don't know what a BPO is, a broker price opinion, right? So they want to tell you, or they want to know exactly like ballpark, what you think you, it's worth and yeah. what you could sell it for. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. Right. <laughs> so I pretty much just like, you know, winged it you Know for the lack of better words, and then of course, I had Jared to like I was gonna say, on. is that yeah. when Jared <laughs> kind
0: of started helping coach you on, or yeah. was he already or was he already helping you on that aspect?
1: Um, I think at the, right around that same time, you know, he started uh talking to me about cap rates and how to gotcha. like, performa and like what you know, learning what rents are and what what true expenses we would need to analyze to get like a real NOI.
2: So, all the cards just kind of fell into place yeah. around the same time,
1: yeah, yeah. right, and so. I liked that, right? I liked looking at a deal where you look at the rent and it was more of a, like a transactional, like, hey, here's the numbers as opposed to, hey, Bob and Sue, you know, you're gonna love the neighborhood and you're gonna love the way the, the, the kitchen layout is, right? Like, right. I, I just didn't like that, it it's not wasn't you. me, Yeah. but hey, Hey man, like, look at the numbers on this. And, you know, I, I think we can really push the rents here and, and we can lower the expenses and, and based on your cash in the deal, here's your cash on cash return. And here's the cap rate on the, Like, so I started talking that language and, and I'm connecting with other, you know, people that have cash, right. that mm-hmm. want to buy investment property. So it just kind of, it turned into that. So I'm, so now I've got this listing and now I've got to sell it. Right. And I, you know, I, I, I put it on the market. And uh, I, I put it on LoopNet, and I don't know if they do it now, but like you could pay for like a certain subscription and you'd get leads, right? Buyers that are like interested in the property or have looked at it or submitted, give me more information, queries and yeah, things like that. Yeah. So I, I ended up, you know, getting a list of people that had a, a initial interest and I started calling them and talking and I, uh, on, on one of the, the deal, uh, one of the leads came across a guy and he's like, yeah, I'm interested. You know, can you show it to me? So I go out there, I meet him, uh, this guy rolls up in a, like a, like a pimped out Range Rover. There you go. This guy, <laughs> you know, he pops out, you know, kind of looks around and he's like, you know, I'll take it. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> a little right? shock. Yeah. I'm like, there okay, I'll write up the paperwork, you know? And so he ends up buying it cash. You know, it was back then I was selling like six like 200 grand. Right. You know, it was like.
0: Oh, my gosh. Crazy.
1: Yeah, it was nuts. And, uh, and even that was like a little bit
0: pricey, right? Really? Yeah. A sixplex for 200 grand. Uh-huh. How much yeah, do you think a, that sixplex would go for now? If you Can you remember at all? Oh, probably close to 100
1: a door. Oh, jeez.
0: Yeah. And that's only in 10 years? This is about 2010? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. So that relationship, right? Like that, that sale... And, and the kind of the way that I, I was thinking too, was he's like, well, you know, I, I he's this guy, he's not a, he wasn't like full-time real estate. He had a business, he's a businessman, but he's making money in his business and he wants to park it into real estate. And he's like, well, do you know any good management companies? Cause I don't really have time for this. And I'm like, I'll manage it for you. And, uh, another thing where I was like, I didn't know what I was doing, yeah <laughs> but you know, I wanted the, I wanted that opportunity because of the way I thought about it was like, Hey, I could sell this guy property. I could develop a relationship with him by doing a really good job, managing his property. And then guess what, when he wants to buy or sell, who's he going to call? Cause it's going to call me. So that was an advantage of building you know, a property management alongside mm. your, your brokerage business. Yeah. Um, so I then started selling more deals, right? Uh, learning more about apartments. So I started selling apartments and, and investment properties and, and along the way started growing my management business organically through that so then i started being the guy that like will sell you an investment property and then manage it for you little did i know that i was like working myself into like the lowest return in real estate which is property management it's like the most work for the littlest pay right i didn't know that but at the time it was like out of necessity right because i yeah. be getting that you know income coming in between my escrows
0: well maybe it wasn't that it was that you were working yourself into that maybe you were a better way of looking at that is like a mindset shift is that it was a stepping stone simply to just understand what you need to know now. Mm-hmm. Cause you have to think you had the financial understanding from subprime mortgages, right. To be able to have that, you know, articulate conversation with those people. And then you ran the property management. So now you understand, you know, how to run that true expenses when selling it, mm-hmm. that's got to play a part. Right.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, now that I, in hindsight, right. I said, you can only look at, connecting the dots, looking backwards, right? Mm -hmm. You never know the reasons you're doing things until you have a chance to kind of like step back from it and say, okay, you know, I I see the path. Yeah. So, so I'm doing that right. And I'm growing that I'm Like I'm literally hustling all day long. Like I'm running this business out of my truck, you know, I'm picking up rents personally. I'm, you know, handling tenants, I'm handling repairs. I'm, you know, I'm just doing everything. And, I was able to grow my business because I provided like outstanding service that nobody else was doing. Right. No one's going personally to pick up your rents, deliver them to you. But at the time it's what I thought I needed to do. Right. And mm-hmm. so just doing that, I ended up growing the the management company to like at one point we had like 700 doors under management and wow. um, learning how to actually run a business while growing the business. So I went through all the labor pains of like mistakes and, you know, figuring out like, okay, this is not efficient, this is efficient. But at the end of the day, right guys, so like, I I still went home every day and I'm like, I worked all day, but I don't know what the heck I accomplished. Mm -hmm. I just felt like it was long days, but like, I wasn't moving the needle. Mm -hmm. I was making some money, but it wasn't like, man, like I don't see a path to like really grow. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm I'm leaving some stuff out, but at the, around 2010, 11, I started learning about like what this whole no money down real estate thing is. Right. Which Mm -hmm. ends up being wholesaling. Right. So I invest in some courses and start learning about what wholesaling is. And at the same time, I'm just like still in the brokerage, like just heavy, like transaction oriented, running around, serving, doing everything for the business, just like crazy. And, um, I just figured like, man, that's the way you do it, you know? And and there's no like right or wrong to it. It's just, that's how it's done. You got to work hard and, uh, you know, pay your dues. But, you know, I, I just didn't see the path, right? The path meaning I wanted to become an investor. I wanted to be the guy buying the property and and not like just making a a brokerage fee and then doing the management and all transactional based and not really moving the needle. So then I saw this wholesaling as an opportunity of like, okay, if I have no money really and no credit and, and really nobody like backing me, like I could kind of get into this and start figuring out how to like put position myself to like control the asset. And even though I didn't have the money to close on it, I could still wholesale it and make way more money on way an assignment more. than, yeah. yeah than, than just brokering. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned like a lot of people may not know what wholesaling is, um, but they're listening to this. So basically it's just a way to just to put it in layman's terms, like identifying a motivated seller and and getting a property under contract, like below market value, Mm -hmm. and then finding a a cash buyer that will actually close escrow on that and then marrying the two. And then I make, I make the difference in between what I assign it or what I get it for and what I assign it for. So, gotcha. that, so you can make some, some really good profit. So as an example, like the very first wholesale I did after like thinking about it and like, you know, like overanalyzing it, like we all do, I finally jumped in. I'm like, okay, forget it. I'm just going to do it. And so I sent out a letter campaign. I got a call. The guy's like, yeah, just drive by the house. Like, give me an offer. So I'm like, okay. And, uh, when was this? This was, uh, like 20, 2011, 20, 2012. 2012, 2012. And, uh, At the time, the advice that I got was like, and I would never like tell anybody to do this now, but the (laughs) advice was, you know, if if you're, if like, you're not physically ill, like meaning like you're feeling like nervous or sick or about to throw up when you give a seller an offer, your offer is too high.
0: Yeah. Right. I've heard that
1: before. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if like that really makes a lot of sense these days. Yeah. But at the time I was like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, I got to be uncomfortable, right? I got to make sure I'm offering low enough. And there was not like a bunch of data out there where you can, you know, prop stream and this and that, and where you can just like pull up like ARV and it does everything for you now. Yeah. It was like, you know, you literally had to do some due diligence to like figure out, you know, I didn't know what a, you know, an MAO was or allowable offer or how to Mm. even like, come up with a, a, a legitimate rehab expense to even figure that in.
0: Really? No clue. So you were just kind of guesstimating when you looked at the house on the outside, you're like, hundred percent, maybe 30,000. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, this house happened to be like off of Belmont and fruit right by the uh, roading park there. Okay. Right I know where you're at. Yeah. So it's not the best area. Right. <laughs> but I pulled up to this house and I, I, I could tell it was a beater, right? It was just yeah. busted. Yep. And the, I called the guy and, and it was uncomfortable and I'm like, you know, nervous. And I'm like, well, uh, I'm out here in the front, took a look at it. I'm really interested. I want to buy it. But the best I could do is, uh, you know, I'm like, mm, like 15,000 offered him 15. And I was like, okay, this guy's going to either hang up on me, <laughs> curse me out. Like this guy's going to be just pissed. Right. Yeah. He's like, uh, nah, I can't do 15, but he's like, I'll do 25. Huh. Like, all right, I think I could do that. He's like, great, have the paperwork and you know, I'll come sign it. So I hang up, I'm like, oh my god, like, I just got this property for 25 grand. I don't know if that's a good deal. I don't know, I don't you know, just if know if you just know you have it overpaid. I don't know if I like am, I'm in the ballpark here. I have no clue. Yeah, that's just like how it really went down. Yeah, yeah. So I run back to the office at the time. I was like on renting a little, Like, it's about as about as big as, literally about as big as this room we're sitting in.
0: Just for people who uh, don't know, this room's what? Like maybe seven and a half by 10?
1: Yeah. Like you could fit a desk and... That's about a it. A couple chairs. A couple yeah. chairs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect for a podcast room, but not ideal to run a property management. Yeah, a yeah. business. Like, <laughs> like I was in a closet, right? I right? Literally a closet. Right. So I run back to my little closet over there on Belmont. I was on Belmont and Broadway. My first office that I actually paid for, and um, sitting there, pulled up the comps right in the MLS. Okay, I got this property for 25, I don't even know who to sell it to. I don't have a buyer's list, right? I don't even know <laughs> right. who to even send the deal to, let alone who I'm gonna buy it or who's gonna buy it. But so, what my first thought was, okay, I have the MLS, let me just do like a map search of like comps, right? So, sure enough. A, a property with like light like, kind square footage and everything sold like a month or two before, right across the street, and it sold for fifty two thousand bucks. Oh
0: shoot! I'm like, all right, fixed up or was that same condition?
1: Uh, no, definitely not. Definitely not the same condition as the subject property. Mm-hmm. This one was a decent. Like, I, I think like if I remember correctly, like the 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 house that we're talking about, the subject property, yeah, was borderline like on, like. I want to say the subfloor was out and it was like on like a concrete half perimeter. Like it was like raised up and it was just sitting on like blocks. Wow. (laughs) It was, it it needed a lot of work. Um, Yeah. But you know, so I'm like, okay, well someone bought this property, right? So they paid 52. So I might have a chance.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, I didn't have a cash buyer list. Right. And like, I don't even know where to look for one, but I saw the agent that sold the property. Right? So I pulled up, I, you know, pulled up the tax records of some LLC up in, in Southern California, no idea how to skip trace and even know what that even was. And, um, I'm like, okay, well I have the agent's number, right? So I called the agent. I'm like, Hey man, my name's Matt. I noticed you sold this property a couple months ago to your, to a cash buyer. Just out of curiosity, do you think your client would be interested in another one? And he's like, well, yeah. what, what do you got? I'm like, Hey, I got this house actually literally across the street. Same square footage, same you know dimensions, whatever. Um, do you think you'd be interested in buying another one in that neighborhood? He's like, well, for how much? And I'm like, fifty two. And he's like, literally, guys, is what he said. He's like, don't tell anybody about the deal. We'll have the money in escrow
0: next week.
2: Holy cow! I'm like, come on. You know what's so funny? In my <laughs> head, I was thinking
0: to myself, like, thirty. 35. That's what I was thinking too. 52. <laughs> so you bought it for 20. You offered 15. Yeah. The guy, the seller, immediately was like, 25. You said, you know what? I'll take it at 25. Yeah. And then that day, but one but call before you even got the contract <laughs> signed. Yeah. Before you even got the contract signed, you had a, a buyer yeah saying they were going to lock it. Wow. Yeah. For
1: 20, awesome. $27,000 profit on a $25,000 purchase.
0: And how much was the marketing expense? You think for that first oh, list? Maybe 300 bucks. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's insane. Awesome. Oh yeah. dude.
1: I, I mean, I, I just look, in hindsight, looking back, like I've left millions of dollars on the table because I didn't know. Right. I didn't know what I was doing. It's cool. Like we have to go through that. You you learn. Learn, right. You learn. Yeah. But yeah, that whole first experience, it, it was a game changer. Right. Cause then I went from like, okay, Let's just say I didn't know about wholesaling, right? And I happen to come across this lead. What would I do? Go stick a sign in the front yard, put it on the market for him, and make what fifteen hundred bucks?
0: Less than that, maybe, right? Like Twenty-five thousand. You're making very little. Yeah,
1: yeah, very little.
0: And, and eight hundred bucks, maybe, right? Eight hundred bucks. Yeah,
1: and just without the knowledge, I would have just thought I was doing the right thing for, yeah. the, for myself. And Hey, you know, You're all a deal. Sitting there, 800 bucks. Yeah. Baby. It's a deal. I'm, you know, Hey, you know, that'll, that'll pay for my, 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 my closet another few months. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, you know, and, and going through that first deal experience, I was like tripping out. Like, is this guy, is the buyer or is the seller actually going to like accept my offer? Is he going to find out I'm not actually buying it? I'm wholesaling it. Does the escrow even know what this is? Does the buyer, is he even real? Is he even gonna show up? So for like two weeks, I was stressed out, right? Cause I had this like little carrot dangling in front. Yeah. of me. I could make 27 grand if all this happens. It's probably not cause it's too good to be true. Sure enough, like seller signed, buyer came in, funded the deal, and then the escrow called me and they're like, "We a check. I'm like, all right. So I, I, mean, I remember like getting that first check for $27,000. What was that feeling? Oh dude, I'm rich. <laughs> I'm like the richest guy in the world right now. That's awesome. Did you blow
0: it on a car or something? No,
1: no. I, I actually started like growing my business, you know, like putting in that's the, the right business. way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that gave me the proof of concept, right? It, yeah. at, at that point it was like, Oh, I've heard about it, right? Like it's possible. But then like when it happens to you and you actually close a deal and you, you realize like it, it, it's real, then it's a game changer. And then there's like, there's no chance I'm ever going back to the traditional route. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense for me. Not doesn't align with my goals. I'm yeah. not like saying it's bad or no. not like down talking it. Cause there's yeah. a lot of great agents that do their thing and they love the what that. That's their model. Right. But for me, I had different goals. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't ever see myself doing the traditional route. So how do I, how do I pour gasoline on this? Right. And then start going all in. So like I said, that was two thousand two thousand twelve, 2012 and I start, you know, just breaking things and m- mixing it up and just getting in and figuring it out. And so I do stupid stuff. Like I'd buy a list, mail it once, buy buy another list, <laughs> mail it once. Like just you, you don't,
0: <laughs> things you, that now everybody would say, why are you doing exactly, that? Exactly. There wasn't that
1: much information out
0: there. You were testing. You were kind of breaking the path at that point.
1: Right. I, I Yeah. I, I couldn't like go on YouTube. Right. Like yeah. literally if you typed in like wholesaling back then, you'd get like one, two, maybe like videos,
2: Almost nothing.
1: Nothing. Yeah. I, w- I remember like having to explain to title companies what, what I was doing. No, we don't do double escrow. I'm like, it's not a double escrow, you know, like no, I'm assigning. It's a blind well, we're, yeah, we're going to have to talk to the management and, and legal and, you know, I'd have to go through all that, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah, I've done that now.
1: Right. And, and so because like not a lot of people were doing, nobody was doing it that I knew of locally. Um, and so like you know in hindsight like I said I left so many deals on the table that I
0: I you I, could have taken down yourself.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I mean I've bought and sold so many properties that I wish I would have kept. Yeah. But yeah. at the time it 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 made sense for me, right? It just I needed right. to continue the the business moving forward and growing and you know I still like I always loved the the what the business could afford you in terms of like the lifestyle and you know, we go through periods of like, you know, really wanting like that shiny object. Right. You know, Oh man, like I really want that watch or I want to take that vacation yeah. or I want to buy this or that. Like, just cause you think that's what yeah you need. But as you grow older and figure out like, that's not that important. Right. But yeah, man. So I think I'm going off on a tangent here. No, you're no, fine. You're good. But, this is awesome. um, yeah. I took that man and I just ran with it. Right. I just, I found that proof of concept. I found, okay, this, this, I love this. This is where I see myself. So then, you know, if, uh, another few years go by and I'm still now I'm still juggling the management business, which now is turning into like the, the stepchild, the redhead stepchild. Like I just hate it. <laughs> it just the uh, time waste. I can't stand all the, all the calls and all the things that I have to put up with because I'm over here now making money. Right? Like I'm right. like, I don't care about that, but I still yeah. have to, I, ha- I still have to provide service. Right. I'm Keep your obligated. Promise. Yeah. Yep. So then I start hiring more people in there and like pushing it away, right? Like, I don't want to like, just get it away from me, you know? And then starting to grow the wholesale side, trying to figure out, okay, you know, I could do this, I could do this. Like I could pay this guy to start building out SEO. And I, you know, I was like, oh, you know, this is on investor carrot website. That looks cool. So like I bought that in like 2012. So I've been my investor carrot website's been growing for nine years. Right. Like, so now my organic search and my, you know, SEO is on point. Right. Cause I've been putting so much money and time into that, you know, it's, just been compounding. Right. And, you know, so you just start doing things that like will eventually start to like, you know, snowball into, into good things, right. For your business. So you're constantly thinking about how to grow your business. So it was like, okay, I need to build out my online presence. And then, okay, how do we get the direct mail campaign, you know, flowing and, and, and learning about KPIs. And then how how do I start finding more buyers, right? Like in developing relationships with them and trying to figure out where the deals are happening and what they, what they want. Right. So you, all this stuff is happening, but at the same time, I still felt like I was spinning my wheels and, and not like, like feeling like I was a business owner, yeah. I was felt like I was just an employee of of the business right I was attached to it, I was tied to it too much, so I ended up like staying- i was staying up really late at that time and like just searching stuff, like educating myself, like always yeah. like looking at what other people are doing and I came across a guy on Facebook and um you know, he was like hanging out on the beach with like, he had a, like he literally had the flip phone uh, <laughs> Word. and, you know, he's like talking about how he's like, you know, he hasn't been to a house in years and, you know, he's been virtual since, you know, 2005. And he's just like, you know, hanging out, traveling the world and making money. I'm like, like, what is this? Like, is this possible? So it turns out, like, I reach out to this guy and uh, like, just, like threw up on his feet with all my problems. Right. I'm burned out I'm of stress. I, blah, blah, you know, like just this long message. And mm-hmm. he just replies back the next day. He's like, dude, I could help you call me. You know, I know exactly what you're going through. And so I connected with him. It turned out to be uh, a, a guy by the name of Mark Evans, um, DM. And, uh, now to, you know, fast forward all those years later, we're like really good friends. He's still like my first mentor that I've ever had. And I flew out, to, to go to a, a, like a, a mastermind meeting. And in that room, I remember back, like there was, some, there was like 10 of us guys and they're all real estate investors. They're all guys that are just trying to get to the next level. And it was amazing experience because you get in this room, And you have all these guys that like think like you, they have the same questions, they have the same thought process. Everyone's trying to like figure out how to, how to advance and get better. And they're all sharing, like they're very open. There was no like, Hey, you know, I'm keeping my secrets over here because we're not like competing against, we're all from different parts of the country. So it was just like a big, like brainstorming session. I'm like, this is amazing. So like, I remember in that room at the time, um, you know, there was like, you know, Mark was there a guy named, um, um. Tim Brots was in that room, mm-hmm. so Tim now yeah. has thousands of units. Right at that time, he was like struggling, trying to figure out what to do. Wow! So we had crazy. Uh, yeah, I had uh, Rafael Vargas in that room. So I don't know if you guys know Rafael, but he's he's grown. He's in Tampa, and he yeah, at one point la- I think last couple of years he was doing like four million in wholesale, and oh, Jesus. doing like you know now he's into like uh, Amazon and Forex and like just crazy stuff. Wow. And then there was a guy named Joe Evangelisti who's like the flip king out of New Jersey. Um, a ton of guys, right. That like if you kind of follow, cause this, this, like this community of investors is like pretty tight and small yeah. once you start getting into it, right. the same kind of guys that are around like, you know, on social media whatever. Mm-hmm. So I saw like the advancement of all these guys and I'm like, wow, like there's opportunity to really grow once you get around the right people with the right mindset. So that made a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. And so I invested into that. Right. And I invested into like that growth period of my mindset and then also strategy. Right. Cause these guys were running businesses and then I was sharing with them what I was doing. They're like, no, that's dumb. Don't do that. You know? And then they kind of give you permission to pour gasoline on your marketing. Cause at that one point I was like spending like one or two grand a month and I was like really nervous about my marketing. Really? And they're like, why, not, why don't you triple that? Yeah. I'm
0: like... It's a leap of faith. Yeah. What's that feel like? I haven't made that jump at all. I'm curious. So when you go to that meetup and they say, you know, stop being scared about you know 1,000, put 3,000. Right. Is that like you just have to trust that they know what they're doing? Yeah. Trust in yourself? Yeah, I mean, I mean what are you looking bar- at?
1: You're borrowing belief because they're like, yeah, dude, I was in the same boat. I felt what you felt. I get it. But the minute that I started learning about like, this is not an expense, it's an investment in my business and I'm going to expect a return. Yeah. You, you flip your, your mindset on it. So it's not like I'm going to lose that money. That money's coming back to me like tenfold. So the minute that I'm like, Oh, I got permission. Like it's, I'm not thinking crazy. Like I know I kind of wanted to dump more into it, but I was afraid. Right. Cause I didn't know, like, am I going to lose money? Is this not going to work? They're like, no dude, you got to go for it. Right. You're never going to get anywhere you want to go by playing scared. Right. Right. So then I, when I got back after that three day event, I had so much information and I was so excited and I'm like, boom, like eight grand, eight grand, eight grand. And wow. Now the deals have started like coming. It was like super scary for me to like put that on my credit card at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But now we're getting like all these leads coming in and deals. And I'm like, wow, like this is crazy.
0: There's more to it, though, than just putting eight grand in, right? Because you can't put in the money and then not put in the time and effort. It sounds like you've never had a problem putting in the effort.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and also you've, you, you got to make sure you've got a, a system in place to handle that because if you go from not really spending that much on marketing, then all of a sudden you go to eight grand and you get 300 phone calls without a CRM, without Ooh, people with, able to, to them. Answering you calls, them? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, you, you've got problems, especially yeah. if you're like running your business to your cell phone. Like, you know, I mean, there's just a lot of different things that yeah. a mentor and guidance will put you like, don't do that yet. You need this, this, and this set up so you can properly handle those leads and you're you're not going to just waste it because a lot of it has to be in follow-up and if you don't have a crm you know you got to put that in place and so and then and then you're learning about well what's what's call rail and what's the you know like how do you track this and how do you you know so all that was like super important for me at the time I, I forget a lot of people that come into the business when they're asking these questions i'm like oh my god so low level like your thought but i i was there yeah it's you a lear- it's a, it's a curve it's a, yeah you got to remember we all start at the same place. Right. Right. Some people are more comfortable than others in terms of like just jumping in. I was more comfortable just jumping Jumping. in and figuring it out. A lot of people want the whole thing like laid out, like the game plan. Yeah. And then they'll like kind of dip their toe in the water and then figure it out. And I'm just like, dude, I'm diving in, I'm going to make, I'm going to screw it up but I'm going to figure it out in the process. It's worked for me. So I just keep doing that, you know, in different levels of my life. Um,
2: Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to highlight. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you talked about needing to start somewhere, jumping, you know, both feet and head first, mm-hmm. you know, and you brought up a little bit earlier too, uh, leaving all that money on the table, but having to go through that. Mm-hmm. Right. So what has been, you know, some of your big, biggest lessons learned or takeaways? I mean, you brought up flying out to a mastermind. That was huge for you. Yeah. Uh, dumping money into marketing. That was huge for you. So what, what have been some more like big takeaways like that or lessons learned that you think would be helpful?
1: Sure. Um, we, uh, we think we need to do everything ourselves and that's like the biggest misconception. The minute you start learning about how to leverage, um, the way I'm going to say this may not make sense or it may sound kind of rude, but it's not. Like leveraging human capital, leveraging human people, good people is such a key to growing a business. Because we're all like supermen, right? Like we're entrepreneurs. Like, I, you know, I, I I crack up now because you, you hear a guy, you're like, I'm grinding, I'm hustling, I'm putting out fires all day. What What does that even mean? Right? Is that, is that like, is because it, it we're, we're designed or we're taught that like men go to work, we're put in 12 hour days, you know, you, you're not, you know, moving the needle unless you're in your office for 12 hours and you're doing everything. And that's just what we're supposed to do. But like the only thing we have is our time. Like that's the biggest, that's why we get into being an entrepreneur or real estate anyway, when you boil it down is we want more time, more freedom and money just is the tool to get us there. And the, the, the money we can make in this business provides us that. But at the end of the day, like it doesn't make sense to jump into this and then, and then just create another like high paying job. Like you're just an employee right? You're mm-hmm. not a business owner. So I, what I, what I would say is, yeah, we have to go through steps, but we need to start looking at how to exit, grow it and exit it. Like that's the, that's what a business owner does. They're, a wow. business owner doesn't get into the weeds, you know, like they don't like manage every process. They don't manage yeah. every conversation. They don't manage every deal. Like there's gotta be pro, you know procedures in place to make it run. But what I was taught was like, okay, you're a business owner if you're on a stranded island, right? And you had 15 minutes to have a conversation with a key person in your business and you couldn't get a pulse of your business in 15 minutes with KPIs, real talk, you don't have a business. So how do you design your business so you could step away and literally be on an island and say, I have 15 minutes. I need to know what's going on. And at the end of that call, you you know exactly where the state of your, your business is. So if you can get to that point, then you actually have a business and not a job. You know, if you can't leave your business for a month or two without it falling apart, you have a job. So these are things that I've been like kind of working on since like 2016 to like get myself out and, and put things in place that the business can run without me Yeah. Yeah. regardless of where
2: I'm at. I think this is a perfect segue, right? We mentioned it right at the beginning of the podcast. And it's funny you mentioned being out on an, out on an Island mm-hmm. and that's kind you're not flying out to an Island, but you're moving all the way out to Florida. I am. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, like, you know, it's kind of always been something my, my wife and I have talked about, you know, um, Fresno for me is always going to be home, right? I was born and raised here, but because I've been able to invest in myself and go out and see what the other side of the world or country or how it all kind of works, you know, it kind of opens your eyes. Right. And so, um, I'm like, I want to find the opportunity or be in an environment where I could have conversations like these on a daily basis. Right. And I want to talk to guys that are like so far ahead of me that I could just just constantly pull more nuggets, more confidence, more self-belief. I'm borrowing belief on, on guys that are, you know, guys that are making millions and millions and millions of dollars. And then you sit there and talk to them. You're like, this guy's doing it, but he's not like Superman. Right. I could do this. And so I want, I, I wanted to put myself in an environment that, um, would kind of promote more growth, more opportunity, different avenues, different, different mindsets, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I think like just moving out to Florida is going to do a couple things. It's going to, number one, it's going to make me run my business here tighter because if you're, if you're around it too much, like I, to me, it sounds crazy, but I don't add value to my business by being around it. Like I get in there, I'm emotional. Sometimes I break things. I, I want to get in the weeds. I want to know what's going on. And when you're away from it, it forces you to like, focus on the things that are most important and you also cut out all of the bullshit that, you, right. that you don't want. Yeah. Right? So I cut that out. I all focus on the, the things that I need to focus on mainly revenue generating activities or putting things in place to generate more revenue. And now I'm just treating it like a business. So I'm looking at, like, numbers. I'm looking at, okay, does this make sense? Yes. Does this make sense? No. Who do we need to put in place to make this work? And, the, and it's another thing. It's like, and this is to answer your question, Cade. Start thinking about this. It's not how to do the business. It's who. It's a different mindset. We, we tend to think, like, how can I do this? How can I get this done? How can I put this in place? How can I make the business work instead of who can I put in place? Who can make this work? Who can make this better? So again, it goes back to the, the relationship capital, finding good people to surround yourself with that, like get it, want it, have the capacity to do it. They see your vision, they're on board with it. And then they're able to orchestrate what needs to get done. I'm not an implementer, right? Like I'm terrible at implement. You give me something, forget it, man. Like I'm not going to, I'm going to like, it's going to be sloppy. I'm going to forget about it. I'm not going to follow through, but give me an opportunity to talk about what I want to do. I'll talk your ear off. Like I have these ideas, like we could do this, this, and this now we just got to find who's going to get it done. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm not, right. you know, no, you're not the guy, <laughs> you're the ideas. I'll, I'll be, you know, and a lot of people don't have, they haven't got to that point yet where they're like, okay with saying that. So
0: when you look at being a CEO or being that leader, I mean, do you, do, cause there's a lot of different leadership strategies. Mm-hmm. Do you view yourself as somebody who's going to now step away, be the ideas guy, be the morale booster, more of that kind of a leader and you have other guys to help be the leader in the day-to-day transactional operations. Mean, how does that break down?
1: Yeah. So you've got, you guys are familiar with traction. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of the same concept, right? You have in any business that actually runs efficiently, you have the visionary Mm -hmm. and then you have the integrator. So the visionary is a a guy like myself, or I'm not, I, I haven't figured out what you guys are. You guys are probably visionary and integrator kind of mindset.
0: I definitely lean more towards visionary. Visionary. I'm not great at implementing, but I have a lot of ideas. Perfect.
2: I think I'd be a little bit more the opposite. Definitely part visionary, but I'm definitely more uh, on the integrating side, I would say. Okay.
0: Cade's K- nickname here is The Machine.
2: <laughs> you like to
0: get in there and, and, I, and get it done. I call him the New Zuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Well, you, you've got to find your complement, right? So do you guys partner on everything?
0: Right now, we, so we started this podcast and it came up with an idea where I was like, dude, I'm just going to do it. And then you know who made it happen? Cade. Nice. And then I said, I want to do Facebook lives. And then Cade helped Cade make it happen. And then Cade was like, let's do this. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Cade made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it.
1: Well, we it, 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 there's a lot of power in understanding our strengths and our weaknesses, more so in our weaknesses, right? So if, yeah. we, can, if we can identify where we're weak at, then we can find that the who, like the who is going to, button that up for us so that we're yeah. running efficient and every channel. And then we're going to take what we're really great at our strength and like run with that. Yeah. Cause we only have so much time, so much capacity. Right. You know, I, I, it's it, like, it's just, it's crazy. Like the advancements, like the stuff that like, I even tell my wife, right. I'm like, don't call me with this low level activity. Like even my brain, like she's like, can you pick up boxes? You know, cause we're moving. <laughs> can you pick up boxes? I'm like, why are you calling me with this? Like, that's not something I'm going to spend my time doing. Right. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't spend time washing my car anymore. I don't spend time cleaning my pool. I don't spend time doing my laundry. I don't spend time opening my mail. I don't spend time doing paperwork. I don't spend time doing my accounting. I mean, all the stuff that like, I don't want to do, I get it off my plate. Cause we, like, I'm telling you guys like the capacity that we can work within like our unique abilities where the magic happens when we start overloading ourselves with like mundane tasks and things that just, Oh God, like I have to get it done. It doesn't really move the needle, but it has like, get that off your plate. Right. And, and don't think of it as like, well, I have to it cost me money to do that. No, like it's, you're buying back time.
0: You, from what I've seen, it looks like you've been in like a state of flow for a few years. Mm. Is that because you think you've gotten to a point where you're able to, um, get rid of all the things that you don't need to do on a daily basis. You've, you've delegated that to other people and now you maximize your time at what you're really good at.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, we, the whole point of this is to design your business around your lifestyle and not the other way around. Like I don't want to be a slave to my business. So I, it's just logical to me to like remove the things that are time suck and things that I don't want to do. Right. Um, and, and, the other piece of that is doing a lot of self-development work and starting to be real honest with where my shortcomings are and, and like admitting like I suck here. I'm not good here. I'm terrible at follow-up, terrible at this. I know that, uh, you know, this is not going to come through because of just my personality. So I've just been able to admit that to myself, get real, and then put things in place to like either force it or get it off my plate, you know? For example, like the, you know, the the health thing, right? I, I, I know that I suck at like choosing the right things to eat. Like uh, I'm an emotional eater. I eat, I eat when I'm happy. I eat when I'm sad, you know, like <laughs> I just love food, but I had yeah. to put some things in place because I just continue to get fatter if I don't put roadblocks in or, or things that are gonna like be top of mind. So the natural thing for me is like, okay, I'm going to pay someone to like design a nutrition plan and then hold me accountable. Right. So that's just like, okay, if I pay someone, they're going to like, I have to check in with them in a week. They're going to like chew my ass out. If I, you know, don't make any improvement I'm paying. Like, why would I not just do this? As opposed to like, ah, I'll eat healthy. Yeah. Never. It never happens. Right.
0: I'll get fit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the
1: easiest easiest thing to say. Yeah. Why are you such a fat ass? You know, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's just, I, I, I've just kind of like come to the truth about myself. Right. And, and so then I'm like, all right, well, if I want to improve, like I've got to take action instead of just like feeding my myself a line of BS, like, oh, you'll do it. Like you're, you're this time you're focused this time you're motivated. Like, no, dude, you just, this is where you drop the ball. And so like, if you're serious about it, then, then invest in yourself again to, to make improvements and, and follow along that path to like what your destination is. And that's like anything in life, right? Like, you know, as we grow and in in advance it's like okay i don't want to do this i don't want to show up every single day to the office i don't want to have to talk to that seller i don't want to go to that house i don't want to go take pictures i don't want to like go back and forth and do all of the song and dance like i just want to know like are we moving deals you know and is the company profitable and at the end of the day like that's all that matters yeah the rest of it you know we can get caught up in the weeds and then we're not advancing and the biggest thing that I've realized, guys, in the last couple of years is like I'm not putting myself, my identity's not in real estate anymore in terms of like, you know, that was like the first thing I had a success with. Right. Like I, I, I jumped into it and I learned about it and I worked at it and I had success. So for a few years, I was like really scared to like think about like the market collapsing or man, like what if I burn out or what if the market changes and I lose all my income. Right. So that started like kind of like make, making me think. But then I thought about it like that doesn't, it doesn't mean that I can't be successful in something else just because this is, just happened to be the, the avenue that I chose that I actually put time, effort and energy into. Like, that's not to say I can't figure out something else and also do that and learn something that I'm, I'm interested in or excited in. And I see mm-hmm. again, the path, right? Does this make sense? Like, can I see the vision? Can I see opportunity? Does it make sense to put my time, effort, money into it? Then yes, okay, great. If even if it has nothing to do with real estate, I'm not defined by just I'm not just a real estate investor. Right. I've graduated from, you know, hey, I'm a I'm a broker. Hey, I'm a I'm a wholesaler. Hey, I'm a I'm an I'm a investor. Hey, I'm a business owner. Yeah. So it, we all kind of like go down our path, but now I, I, I identify myself as a business owner, right? So I want to I want to run my real estate operations as a business and anything else that I, I, I'm doing. I want to run it as a business and not like a job or, you know, a slave to it. So yeah. You know, yeah. It's kind of where my mindset is, you know?
0: No, that's awesome. Yeah. Kate?
2: Anything else that you really want to talk about today? I don't think so. There was that so was much, lot. there was so much good stuff in there. I just enjoyed sitting back and listening to you, your story, man, that, that story of your first yeah. uh, wholesale deal was just awesome. And you brought it up too. It's funny how, um, you said you're a big faith guy mm-hmm. and, you know, just God having a plan and everything literally just falling into place. All the cards just, oh it's crazy, man. That's awesome. I'm
1: actually writing a book right now. I'm pretty deep into it. So, you know, it's given me a chance, especially with like COVID going on, like I had so much opportunity to sit there and just like work on it and just like all the memories that are coming back and like things that I I start, I mean, we could go on and on, but like, I really started at like my first job was a door to door salesman. Like in Southern California, like selling Pizza Hut coupons and all this, like. There you go. (laughs) But I loved it, right? But that taught me so much about like prospecting and and like the law of averages and and closing and developing rapport. And at the time, I'm like, oh, this is awesome, right? I didn't realize that that was like gearing me up to like get into another sales avenue and have you know that understanding of what I just said. But like, it's amazing, right? Like he, God just puts us in, in places that, you know, he, he, he sees the whole road. Right. And we're just happen to be in that point of time. So we can only look backwards and say, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But have no idea what, I mean, I'm, I'm going out to Florida, right. On a hundred percent faith and confidence in God and myself, but more so than that, like I'm trusting, like God just put it in our heart. We prayed about it. And, like this is where he wants us to go. So we go, Yeah. you know, and, and however it shakes out. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to go there. It's going to be perfect. It's not going to be any problems. There's not going to be any, I mean,
0: there'll be you know, things.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Roadblocks always pop up. hundred percent. hundred
0: percent. And so you, you leave soon. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to still stay pretty active in the Fresno market?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Business as usual here. Um, you know, you know, we're always uh, growing the team, looking for talent, looking for opportunity. I, I I'm doing some, uh, j- joint venture stuff. I've got a, f- uh, a few people now that I'm coaching and partnering with. So that's exciting for me too. Like seeing people that I'm able to take from like really no success or experience and then like kind of showing them like, here's the path. And then when they get that first check or they get those first contracts, it's like awesome now. like I, could, yeah. I could show Cause I could see it, right? I could see the things that they're doing and worried about and scared. I'm like, do this, don't do that, do this do this. Don't do that. You're stressed out about nothing. Trust me. Like it's all going to be good and stuff like I, stuff that we didn't have. Right. Or when we, when we're starting, but now that I, I see it, I've been through it. Like I, I love helping other people and getting them on that path to like change their life. Right. Yeah. Cause there's just so much opportunity out there and there's cool things that like this business can do. I love this business, but I'm just at the point now where like, okay, like this, this is going right. I'm going to continue to build on it and, and, and do whatever it's going to do. But now like what, what, what's the second, third, fourth thing that I'm going to build along with it. So now I'm in like a completely different, you know, niche. I'm, I'm in the uh, media space. I'm learning about that and some of the opportunities there. And so I'm, I'm like now I'm like starting back at like my freshman year, right? Like I'm like learning all this stuff. I feel like restart. Yeah. I'm up early. I'm passionate about it. I'm learning about it. And I just feel like that kid, you know, learning about wholesaling, you know, 10 years ago, yeah. like, like yeah. late at night, like just like, wow, wow, this is real. <laughs> and then, like, this whole now is like kind of reminds me of that, right? Like the excitement there, yeah. right? So that's awesome. We're all, we're all gonna advance in, in different ways. And so that's the whole point, guys. Like, you just continue to develop yourself, trust yourself, invest in yourself. Like, invest in yourself. It's never an expense, guys. It's never an expense. It's only growth. It's only the next level. It's only there. You guys don't know what you don't know. Right. So, challenge yourself to get uncomfortable. If if you got to pay someone, pay them. You know, vet them out, make sure they're they're legit, but yeah, yeah, man, like get 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 a mentor and and lean on them and 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 learn from their experiences cuz that'll accelerate you so fast.
0: Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, Matt, thanks for coming in. Your story was I don't think I've ever heard it in such detail. So, that's really awesome to awesome, really Thank get you. to learn more and and we wish you the best of luck in Florida. Appreciate obviously, that. if there's anything that we can do for you. Uh, yeah, let's we, do some deals. Yeah. Hey, let's I'm do pumped. it, man. I'm looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i um, gonna do
1: deals when I'm definitely.
0: But yeah, and you've been an inspiration, and obviously, it's gonna be really awesome to see kind of how Florida pays out, and you know, if if it turns out, you know, it was the right move, we'll know, and and it'll be awesome to kind of see you continue to grow. So thanks Thank so you. much for coming on. We'll have to have you back on in a yeah. a few months, maybe a year, and see. That's what I was gonna say. How yeah, everything's panning out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure, man. That, that'd that be cool. All Absolutely. right. Thanks, guys. appreciate being the time.
0: Thank yeah. you.
2: Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Pursuit of Property podcast with Matt Garabedian. Scott and I hope that you guys took a lot of great information from today's conversation. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, any recommendations, please reach out to us at pursuitofproperty@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and we'll see you next time.